mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Y'all, it's been a while since we've talked about Caroline Calloway, and she's popped up again. She had kind of gone MIA for a little while, but then she started posting some TikToks. She was inviting all these people over to goodbye dinners at her house, and then Vice just wrote an article about her this week. And it's called The Short, Strange, Very Predictable Story of Caroline Calloway's Snake Oil. Also, as an aside, if you don't know who Caroline Calloway is, um, I do a little bit of a dive into it back on episode 9, if you want to go check that out. She's one of those people that's hard to kind of encapsulate in a quick sentence, but she's basically an internet personality uh, influencer type, but has become this sort of internet spectacle. I have a soft spot in my heart for Caroline. I, back in the day, ordered, like, her Etsy book um, that she never finished. Surprise, surprise. I ordered her actual book, which was supposed to come out literally, I think, two years ago. Um, I think I paid $25 for that. That's still not out. But I'm I'm not asking for my money back. Like, I'm still convinced that one day that book will come to me. And... I'm just, you know, I I believe in her deep down. So she came out with this face oil called snake oil because obviously she's kind of been come to know, come to be known as a scammer. And the snake oil is just something she like concocted in her West Village apartment. And it's mainly uh, just basic oils. I want to say the main oil in it is grapeseed oil. And But it's a mixture of many. It doesn't smell great, apparently, like very herbal. And apparently a lot of people who ordered this months and months ago still haven't got their order of snake oil. And it's funny because the author of this Vice article called Anna Merlin, she actually received two bottles um, just as a fluke. So maybe that's why some people haven't received theirs because some people are getting double And really, though, what I wanted to talk about is the fact that she is finally moving from her West Village apartment. If you are a follower of Caroline at all, you know how iconic her West Village apartment is and how many stages of Caroline that it's seen. Uh, She is apparently moving back to Florida to take care of her 99-year-old grandmother, which is actually very sweet. She's very close to her grandmother. Again, this is why I, I can't hate on Caroline because... I just feel like she's so, there's, she's just such a mess, but like, I really think she has the best intentions at heart. And just the irony of a thing called snake oil, like not coming to people and people are filing like FTC claims against her. And I'm sorry to say like the FTC has be- like bigger things to deal with than Caroline Calloway's joke snake oil. Like if you, if you bought that, like, weren't you kind of asking for it? Like the FDA, they don't give a shit. I I really hate to tell you. Um, But this article also touches on the fact that she handed over her apartment to a poet. And there was sort of some speculation as to whether she actually formally got evicted from the apartment because she's had eviction claims filed against her pretty much, I want to say, five years that she's lived there. So, like, almost half the time she's been there each year she's had a claim filed against her. Yes, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019, she, um, her landlord filed eviction papers against her. 
so this poet moves in and it just shows like the disarray she left this apartment in she had these gorgeous uh wood floors that she painted over white there was just trash left everywhere so much dirt like literally disgusting like i like, if I moved into an apartment that looked like that, I think I would promptly move out. I hope this poet is getting a good deal on it <laughs> because I know it's the West Village, but, like, oh, no, it's it's not cute. Um, and I'm so disappointed because you guys know I interviewed uh, Shannon from Fluently Ford a few episodes back, and Shannon was one of the influencers that was invited to her going-away dinners. Like, one of these dinners Julia Fox was supposed to be at... I'm just, if only I had done that interview before she had eaten at Caroline Cowboys, I would have made her give us a complete rundown start to finish of everything that went down. The fact that she hasn't done that on her podcast yet, I need to DM her and be like, the people want it. Like, give us literally from the moment you walked in the door to the moment you left because... I'm not doing a good job of expressing the messiness of Caroline Kelly. Like, I'm assuming you have some level of knowledge about her. And I'm not suggesting you go down this rabbit hole. But if you do, like, if if you need something to entertain you for months on end, the Caroline Calloway rabbit hole will surely do that to you. Okay, some personal updates just on my uh, pop culture consumption for the free guy. It's the one with Ryan Reynolds. And it is the like cutest movie i'm obsessed with it i've been trying to convince elena to watch it because she works in the video game world and it's a video game movie i really want her to watch it and like give her take on if the video game culture is anything like what they portray like the work culture is anything like what they portray in this movie and obviously it's over the top completely you know satirical vibe to it but it's just so cute. Ryan Reynolds is so good in it. Jodie Comer is so good in it. Joe Keery is so good in it. Um, he plays Steve on Stranger Things. He was one of the people I listed as my celebrity crushes when we talked about blinds on celebrity crushes. Um, it's just, I don't want to spoil any of it, but like if you're on the fence of watching it and you think it looks really stupid, my little sister Sheridan suggested it to me and I gave it a try and I'm just so glad and thankful that she suggested it because it is worth it. It's on HBO Max. I got in my shipment of the Dolly Parton ice cream from Jenny's. The first time they did a drop of the ice cream, well, A, let's rewind a second. I guessed on this very podcast that the celebrity collaboration Jenny's was going to be doing was going to be with Dolly Parton, and I was so proud of myself. Like, one of my best predictions to date, because it was just so definably right, Um, So the first time they did a drop, this shit sold out so fast. Like, it literally crashed their website. My my poor friend Chelsea, she, um, like, waited online forever trying to get it. Couldn't get it. So when they did another drop, we went in together to, like, split the shipping and everything. Because shipping from Jenny's is absurd. And their ice cream is already, like, $9 if you try to buy a pint at Publix or Whole Foods. When you buy it online, their pints are $12, and then you have to pay an insane shipping cost because obviously shipping ice cream is expensive. Um, But we're like, it's worth it. So I got um, a carton of the goat cheese and cherry, which is actually one of my favorite Jenny's flavors. My other one is Brambleberry Crisp. If you haven't tried the goat cheese one because it sounds intimidating to you, please try it because it literally tastes like a cheesecake ice cream, and the cherries in it are so tart and good. Oh, it's amazing. And the Dolly Parton one is flavored with strawberry pretzel pie, 
and it's very good. I kind of wish the base of it, I know this is, again, why you guys come here for my ice cream reviews, but just in case you're wondering, the base of it's like this very sweet cream vanilla-y flavor, but like very rich, creamy, and then it has um, like a pretzel-y crust in it which is nice and salty. I could even go with it being a little bit more salty. And then it has a little strawberry swirl. This supposed to be like the pie filling. Um, and it's, it's, it's good. But I think if you had the tartness of the goat cheese as the base, it would really offset the pretzels and the cherry and the strawberries quite nicely, if I do say so myself. Anyways, I was very excited to try that. I posted on my Instagram. People were like, you've been waiting for this forever. And I'm like, I know, I can't believe it's finally here. <laughs> All right, so this next discussion is at the request of my friend Verge, friend of the pod, and her husband Lou, also a friend of the pod. They wanted me to discuss um, Heidi Montag, Heidi Pratt, um, eating raw meat. <laughs> so there's many pictures, videos of her going on just honking down on a piece of like bison heart, liver, uh, you know, innards. Um, if you've seen Fresh, like I recommended last week, you know, you might not want to go look up these Heidi pictures anytime soon. But I unironically love Heidi and Spencer Pratt. Like, I really enjoy them. Spencer is one of my favorite people to follow on social media. I know I've said it on here before, so you guys know. But just as a reminder, I'm a little bit biased because I just do find them wildly entertaining. And they're very honest about the fact that, like, they, they love doing stuff for paparazzi attention. They've never been shy about that. They love love staying in the public eye. They love trying to increase their fame level. And I think they're just having a lot of fun right now. And Heidi, um, since she had her son Gunner a few years ago, has been pretty open about really wanting to have another child, but they've been struggling with their fertility. And she's now been on this carnivore diet where she literally just eats meat and included in that is raw meat. And Spencer was on a podcast and he was like, you know, I tried to do it with her for a little bit. He's like, I just couldn't hang. Like I did it for a couple days and I was like, not nah, dog, but she seemingly is sticking with it. And she's saying she, she told people, she's like, I've been trying to get pregnant for over a year and a half and I'm willing to try different things. It's a great source of nutrients. I felt incredible on this diet, a lot more energy, clarity, increased libido and overall improvement on chronic pain I've had. I mean, that sounds like a sales pitch to me. I'm wondering if they're in cahoots with the doctor that recommends this diet because that seems a little prepackaged, but you know, whatever. But I love this part. She says she loves trying new things and is interested in anthropology, particularly the way humans are meant to he eat. And as an anthropology major, I love that take. Like, yes, let's <laughs> let's turn this into an anthropological matter, Heidi. You do you, boo. Um, this part also sounds like a, a sales pitch. She says, when you think about where the most nutrients are that are bioavailable to humans without toxins, organs are very nutritious parts of animals. Culturally, organs are a critical part. Eating raw liver is going to preserve as many nutrients as possible, which, you know, I mean, somewhat valid. I think things like the liver serve to filter out all of the gunk we and humans have in our body. So I don't know if they're the most, um, uh, clean part of the anatomy but who knows I know I know nothing about that and she says she compares it to eating sushi and says I just happen to like eating sushi style organs which is such a cute little Heidi answer they're just so wacky um I hope she gets pregnant soon because I know that's what she really wants but all jokes aside like seeing her gnaw down on these hunks of 
meat heart. It's not as, like, disturbing as you would think it'd be. It's actually just funny. Like, I don't know why it's funny. I can't explain to you why. But there's something about it. Maybe it's just because she's so dolled up and she kind of has this Barbie doll look. And she's just holding it in her hands, (laughs) going at it. Speaking of another, like, people from yesteryear that I can't get enough of, Allie and AJ Mashaka. I went to their concert a few years ago. I think all of their new music is incredibly good. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's not ironic. Again, unironic love here. It's not ironically good. It's just good. Uh, Especially, I think their album Church is great. Just, like, give it a listen. Give it a little Spotify perusal if you, if you want to give it a try. But they did one of those Are You Coming articles with Brock Collier from The Cut. I've talked about him on here before and that series of articles. So he got to hang out with Allie and AJ. Like, he continues to just do everything that I'm so deliriously jealous of. He was also one of Caroline Calloway's going away parties and wrote about that as well. But... He talked about how Ali and AJ love going to the Metrograph, which I loved because it's in New York and it's this really cool theater, hipster theater. And upstairs they have a little lounge area where you can get like snacks and cocktails. And I went to New York for Elena's birthday and she loves Metrograph. So we went there to see um Halloween themed old school cartoons and it was this guy who he collects the actual film version of these old time cartoons like Betty Boop, Felix the Cat and they were all so bizarre but it was such an experience and like everyone there was like these little hipster like NYU film kids I'm in there looking like the basic bitch I am like who I'm sitting front row cracking up at Betty Boop um, but I had a time, like, it was really sad because when we were there, it was, um, it was like in the middle of the day. So the cocktail area wasn't open yet. But if you are going to New York or you live in New York and you want a cute little date, friend date, just activity to do that's a little bit out of the norm, check out the Metrograph. I really think you will like it for no other reason that like, it's just a good people watching, catching the vibes kind of thing. All right, let's get into our first article of the day. This is actually from Vogue. Pleasing's new campaign star Mick Fleetwood on the magic of Harry Styles and joy of wearing nail polish. So if none of that made sense to you, Pleasing is actually Harry Styles' beauty line. His first drop of it just had a few uh, nail polishes and I believe a serum. And so there's always you know, a drop happens, it sells out, then they do another drop with different items. So this drop also has nail polishes, but it expanded the line a little bit with, I think, some facial serums as well. Um, Some clothing items that I wanted a sweatshirt. A, they were $105. B, they were like already sold out except for an extra small and that is not going to work for me. So that was sad. Um, And then Mick Fleetwood is obviously from Fleetwood Mac. And he is in the latest Pleasing campaign. He wears the nail polish in it, and he has kind of a relationship with Harry Styles that happened, actually, as he explains in this article, because years ago, um, his 12-year-old daughter said, Dad, we want to go and see Harry Styles. And it was back in 2014, and he took his daughters, who are twins, uh, to a One Direction concert at the Rose Bowl, and there was a meet and greet that they were able to go to afterwards. And... He said he was trying to play it cool and fly under the radar, but all the like boys in the group were obviously fangirling over him, and Dreams was one of the first songs that Harry Styles learned as a kid. So he obviously, like, you know, they got to know each other that way, and it said, he says, 
Without my girls wanting to see One Direction, we, Stevie Nicks and I, never would have met Harry. Also, as an aside, he has a pet named Tilly that's featured in these uh, pictures, which I... Anyone who has a pet pig and, like, has enough room for them and takes care of them correctly, I love because pigs are really the main reason I don't eat meat because once I realized how dog-like they were, I was just so disturbed and I just could not eat them anymore. Um, So... The interviewer says, Stevie Nicks once said Harry was like the love child between you two. Why do you think she puts it that way? And it's so cute because, again, Fleetwood throughout this article is so adorable. Like, he just seems like the cutest little grandpa, and I'm obsessed with him now. He says, Stevie has a great sense of humor. The fact is, Stevie and I have been in a band for, well, 50 years, and she's really an incredibly close friend of mine, and she's the godmother of his twins. And so... He says he thinks that her and Stevie first met at a show and Harry knew it was around her birthday and he walks into her dressing room with her favorite cake. And I thought, how cool is that? It wasn't arranged by someone else. He had it in a little box with him. That's who he is. Y'all know what a Harry stan I am. So anything that makes him seem like an adorable, cute person, I lap it up. I, I lick it up with a spoon. I cannot get enough. And uh, he goes on just to tell like such kind things about Harry he's really hyping him up in this he's like as a person he was incredibly kind and thoughtful right from the beginning having come from such a tidal wave of attention and to still remain that normal I really gravitated towards his lack of ego coming from the band he was in was probably a real challenge for him for anybody and I could identify not with the same thing no one could imagine what they went through it was literally like being in the Beatles And I've always argued with my friends that One Direction, like the Beatles were the original boy band. And I've gotten legit arguments with people about this because they're like, they weren't a boy band. They're so much more than that. But I think you can really draw a lot of parallels between the Beatles and One Direction, not just in their fan base, but a little bit in their sound too. I mean, the Beatles were revolutionary in their own way and in a different way that is so not comparable to One Direction, but the parallels are there, guys. I'm telling you. Also, just to speak on pleasing generally the brand, I find it a little odd because I I haven't tried it. Like, full disclosure, I haven't bought any of the products. But they seem very expensive for what they are. And their whole kind of shtick is that they're very sustainable, yada, yada. But then I've noticed they still send out all of these uh, PR boxes to influencers, which that creates a lot of waste even though they say that like they're putting them in the nicest packaging, but like, are you really? And like, you're giving these products to people who aren't ever even necessarily like asking for them. And then you're creating all these extra products. And just the fact of making a product and putting it out into the world, you're kind of not being sustainable. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm the biggest consumer to ever walk the earth. Every week I tell you something to buy. Like I, I love that shit, but it always, rubs me a little wrong when people want to be like, oh, we're so sustainable. When I'm like, honey, like it's a money grab. You know, of course, if you're going to have a product, make it as sustainable as possible, but let's not act like that's the sole reason that why you're doing this. And that's maybe the harshest thing I'll ever say towards Harry because he really can do no wrong for me. But I just, I think it bears saying, you know? All right. So I've been really loving these lately. Like the what so-and-so can't live without. I feel like I've done one like every week recently, but there's just been so many good ones that I've had to comment on. So this week is what Courtney Cox can't live without by Courtney Cox as told to Chloe and Nello. 
Now, the very first thing on the list is the Hidden Valley Original Ranch Salad Dressing and Seasoning Mix. So this is the kind that comes in the little packet, and it's the powder kind, or you can get in the uh, bottle of it, but it's the powder that you mix yourself. And she says that she's kind of known for her love of Hidden Valley Ranch. She dips rice chips and vegetable sticks in it. Um... Mm, that sounds not thrilling. And a turkey roll every day that she has. It sounds like she's kind of like diet conscious, which I mean, surprise, surprise, I guess every celebrity is. Um, oh, and she does say she buys the packets particularly. She says the ranch from the bottle is good, but it's just not quite the same. She likes to mix it with mayonnaise and milk herself. Buttermilk too takes it to a whole different level. And she says when she goes to a restaurant and asks, do you have ranch? And they say, oh, yeah, we make it fresh here. She goes, wrong answer. <laughs> Which is so funny because that's just opposite of my take on ranch. Like, how do you feel about this, guys? My take is I love making homemade ranch. Can I give you my recipe right now? So you just need, like, dill, thyme, chives, salt, pepper, dried. Dried is completely fine. So you're just going to take all those spices. Oh, onion powder and garlic powder too. And then you're just like going to kind of eyeball it and use um, Greek yogurt, a little bit of mayo. I like Kewpie. And a little bit of whatever milk you have on hand and mix it together. And I like my ranch kind of watery. And I'm telling you, it tastes so good. It tastes so much better than the packet because I've used this packet to make mine at home. And it's just, it doesn't hit the same <laughs> I don't know. I just like I'm blown away when people unironically. How many times am I gonna say unironically this episode, guys? I apologize. It's it's the word of the day apparently. Um, but how many people genuinely like Hidden Valley better? I just don't get it. So the next thing on her list is Max Pillow Soft silicone earplugs. This just made me laugh because Mackenzie is such a earplug freak. When we go out to the bar, she puts earplugs in like loud bars and she's convinced she's like I can hear you perfectly fine but the problem is is that she can't hear her own voice as well so she talks so quiet that then I can't hear what she's saying and I don't have earplugs in and it, we're still in the loud bar so it's a struggle for me I've tried wearing them out it's just I can't I can't vibe with it I can't get down with it but I also get overstimulated and would love to be able to do it so it's funny to me that these are called Max earplugs because her name is Mackenzie. I feel like I need to buy these for her for her birthday. Um, and on that same note, there was this girl on TikTok who she makes earrings. They're dangly earrings, okay? And at the end, there's an earplug. So then you can take the bottom of the earring, tuck it up, and use it as an earplug. And I'm like, that's either insane or genius, but I think it's somewhere in between. And I'm the ingenuity of it is unmatched. That's another thing. I'm going to get Kenzie the Max Pillow Soft earplugs and the earring earplugs. <laughs> so Courtney says that she can't sleep without these and her night guard. So she's looking real sexy at night. We love, I mean, I look insane at night. I have lubed up with every skincare product known to man. I wear an eye, uh, eye mask. For a little while, I was using like um, these things up my nose to help me breathe. My aunt tried to get me into taping my mouth. That's just not it. I'm right now trying to get myself a septorhinoplasty to get all this cleared up. Just think how good my voice is going to sound on this podcast when I don't have this nasally sounding voice. <laughs> okay, and then Courtney cites Augustinus Bader, the rich cream. I swear to God, if I don't get to try this cream sometime soon, 
I'm going to lose my mind. Every celeb raves about this stuff. I feel like it really has become the new La Mer. La Mer obviously will never go away. It's such a classic. But people love this shit. And I need to have it on my face, on my body. I have hesitated buying it because it is so expensive. And I don't want to get addicted to it. And I'm also a little skeptical. Like, I am skeptical that it is worth the money. But the way I want to slather it over my whole body, lube myself up with it before I go to bed, I I can't even describe to you. So I just wanted to add her to the list of celebrities who have that on her list. Because I should do a tally, because there's just so many. Alright, this brings us to our by far most unhinged article of the day. Grimes and Elon Musk had a secret baby by Danielle Cohen. But we are actually not going to talk about the cut article. We are going to talk about the original a variety article, I'm sorry, Vanity Fair article, because it is so out there that it just, it needs to be discussed in its true original form. But before we get into that, I want to briefly mention that Thomas Brody Sangster, who I most famously know as the little boy from Love Actually, but he was also in The Queen's Gambit, he was in Game of Thrones, he will always be the little boy from Love Actually to me. He is dating Tallulah Riley. And Tallulah Riley was married to Elon Musk twice. And then at the same time, we have Grimes potentially dating Chelsea Manning. And Chelsea Manning is one of the most infamous uh, whistleblowers. She leaked confidential intelligence, tons of it, during like the height of WikiLeaks. They're allegedly maybe dating. So, you know, just keep that in the back of your head as like a fun fact while we go through the rest of this. So this article is called Infamy is Kind of Fun, Grimes on Music Mars and Her Secret New Baby with Elon Musk. So this interview begins by the Vanity Fair interviewer showing up to Grimes' house in Austin and X, their first child together, Elon and Grimes' first child together, He's actually with Elon for the day, so he's not at the house when this interview is taking place. I hate to bother you guys with this, and I know you don't really care, but I realized at this point of my recording that my levels were low. They were recording low. So in the next section, the volume probably will go up, so I just didn't want you to blow out your ears um, if you want to adjust your volume right now. Again, sorry to bother you this while you're in the middle of listening, but I'm just an idiot and wasn't recording at the right levels. So they're sitting down to talk about her new album, which is called Book One. And the interviewer hears a lone cry from an infant upstairs. She thinks she notices Grimes wince, but she says nothing. She moves on. You know, she's like, it could be anything. So another few minutes pass and the interviewer hears the cry again. But this time it's multiple cries and it's unmistakable, she says. She's like, I've got two kids. That's definitely a baby. And she can tell by Grimes' face that she heard it too. So she says, I brace myself to ask the strangest question of my career. Do you have another baby in your life, Grimes? Her body clenches and she looks away. I'm not at liberty to speak on these things. And then all in a tumble, she says, whatever's going on with family stuff, I just feel like kids need to stay out of it. And X is just out there. I mean, I think E is really followed by the voice of a woman pleading, shh, now we both start laughing. Did she really think I wasn't going to hear a baby? Grime just shakes her head. She's a little colicky too. She laughs again and buries her face in her hands. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) And then it says, congratulations to Grimes and Elon Musk on the birth of their second child together. It's a girl. You probably have some questions. 
So Grimes and Musk used a surrogate this time, and this was partially because Grimes had a really rough first pregnancy, which is why I feel like a lot of celebrities end up using surrogates for their next child, and normal people too. I just feel like celebrities are the, you know, tend to be in the wealth bracket where they can easily afford a surrogate. And that's why they were actually able to keep their daughter a secret for so long. And they call the baby Y. Um, so the, the boy is X and the little girl they call Y. And then the interviewer kind of asks, like, what the status is of Grimes and Elon's relationship. And she says, there's no real word for it. I would probably refer to him as my boyfriend, but we're very fluid. We live in separate houses. We're best friends. We see each other all the time. We just have our own thing going on. And I don't expect other people to understand it. What matters I offer is that they're happy. So are they? Yeah, she says, this is the best it's ever been. We just need to be free. They plan to have more children too. We've always wanted at least three or four. So I actually kind of love that. I think there's a lot of ways relationships can work. And if that really is what works for them and being in this kind of open relationship, sure. And this part (laughs) just made me laugh so much because apparently how Grimes and Elon connected, which I've never heard this story before, was through uh, Twitter in 2018. And Elon realized they made the same pun about a dark theory of AI-authorized torture called Rocco's Basilisk. So he tweeted Rococo Basilisk years earlier, and she'd made a music video feature... I'm sorry, he tweeted that years earlier, she'd made a music video featuring a character called Rococo Basilisk. I mean, that is so over my head, I have literally no idea what that means, but the irony of it is very funny to me. I almost wonder if he like, subconsciously got that joke from seeing a music video of hers. Who knows? This story also just knocked me on my my ass. She says she used to be so far left that she went through a period of living without currency, living outside. This was during and after college at McGill University in Montreal. Once she and a boyfriend ran afoul of the police in Minnesota as they tried to sail a houseboat that they built out of actual junk down the Mississippi River. The police impounded the boat and sent them on their way. Honestly, I just want to know how they made a functioning boat out of junk. Because this article really made me think that Grimes is truly the genius out of her and Elon. Because, like, how do you get it to float? What was the base of it? Was it a base of a real boat that they, you know, decorated with junk. If I don't ever see a picture of this, I will be so upset. It's it's all I want to see. And I thought that would be my favorite part of the article, but where it really becomes so unhinged beyond my understanding is when we get here. <sighs> She's talking about Elon and she says, Bro wouldn't even get a new mattress. This was back when they were both living in Los Angeles. Her side of the mattress had a hole in it. When she raised the issue, he suggested they replace his mattress with the one at her house. The mattresses are fine now. Still, bro does not live like a billionaire. Bro lives at times below the poverty line. To the point where I was like, can we not live in a very insecure $40,000 house where the neighbors like film us and there's no security and I'm eating peanut butter for eight days in a row? She is well aware that Minnie C. Musk has some embodiment of luxurious excess, and Grimes is here to tell you she fucking wishes. <laughs> I'm sorry, but in what world is being with Elon worth it if you are living off of peanut butter for over a week? And that's coming from someone who fucking loves peanut butter. 
She follows this up by saying, I'm not super into amenities, but um, I need nutrition and stuff. And I am super into amenities. The fact that somehow I am living a better life than Grimes is, it's making me reevaluate my whole life. It's really putting me in a place of gratitude that I can't even express to you. Because this is so bonkers and weird, but also like, girl, why can't you just go, like, you have money too, why can't you go get yourself some sushi? Like, you don't have to eat the peanut butter. (laughs) And then she says, personally, I don't think Manic Pixie Dream Girl is an insult. I exactly identify with all of those terms. I understand it's supposed to be a critique of certain things, but then I challenge that critique. Pop off, like... I don't think I've ever seen anyone just be like, yeah, I'm a manic pixie dream girl. I really need, um, what's, what's the new girl name? Zoe Deschanel? Why am I brain blank? You know, new girl, girl. (laughs) I could be wrong, but I don't think she's ever come out and just been like, yeah, hell, hell yeah. I'm a manic pixie dream girl and I'm proud of it. And then I love when she's talking about her grandfather and, he once said to her, you really need to sex it up. You should be more like Miley Cyrus. He was like, your career is going to be way better if you start showing more skin. I was like, grandpa. (laughs) Honestly, my grandpa would say something like that. My grandpa has no tact. Sorry, Papu. Like, I love you. Um, if you ever listen to this or Bibby, if you listen to this, but like you have no tact and you would, you wouldn't tell me to sex it up, but like you would say something equally inappropriate. So, I actually believe that part of the story, but I do find Grimes to be somewhat of an unreliable narrator a la Robert Pattinson. Like, I'm not sure how much she's saying just to kind of fuck with the reader and how much is actually true. Like, I think she's genuine, and I don't think she seems particularly media trained. Like, the fact that she thinks she can conduct a whole interview in her house with an infant upstairs does not scream media training to me, but I do take some things she says with a grain of salt. Also for this article, Elon did a 12-minute interview, which I I don't know how you can get shit out during a 12-minute interview. I could just ramble about nothing for 12 minutes. I do every week, but whatever, how gracious of him to give that time. But I just found Grimes so much more interesting that I'm not even discussing what he said. And if you're wondering about the name of her child, it is Exa Dark Sidereal Musk. So I I think it would be more appropriate for her to be called X, but she's Y. Anyways, moving on to um, another bastion of American culture. Sounds like Pete Davidson won't be on Kim Kardashian's new show by Mia Mercado. So in a new interview with Variety, Kim Kardashian said that the two have not filmed together for the Kardashians, which is their new show that's coming out on Hulu on April 15th, in case you're curious. She says, I'm not opposed to it. It's just not what he does. If there was an event happening and he was there, he wouldn't tell the cameras to get away. And she teased that something really exciting might be coming for next season. (laughs) Mia writes, too vague. Either promise me a scene where Chris shows Pete her dish room or say nothing at all. (laughs) And then I thought Mia did a really great job of kind of summing up the most hilarious parts of the Variety article because I did read that whole article as well. And she describes Chloe... I'm sorry, Variety describes Chloe as the fun-loving daughter, which feels like an insult, but I can't quite figure out why, Mia says. Kim offers advice for women in business to, quote, get your fucking ass up and work. And then when asked what she thinks of people who say the Kardashians are just famous for being famous, she says, who gives a fuck? Later adding, with all respect and with love, I'm not like being a bitch. (laughs) 
Chris Jenner nonchalantly quotes her own meme, encouraging Chloe during a photo shoot by saying, You're doing amazing, sweetie. And Kendall Jenner mentions the awesome experience she's had with her tequila line 818, saying, We have been coming up with the liquid for years now. With all respect and with love, the liquid, Mia writes. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there. Um, the quote about get your fucking ass up and work has gone very viral, at least on TikTok, and people sort of being like, how fucking dare she? Like, she's so privileged. How can you tell people who don't have the same sort of uh, position in life that you do to just fucking get up and work? And then there was articles coming out. I saw one from a girl who had worked on the Kim Kardashian app saying, like, she worked awful hours. She was treated so poorly. And I totally respect all of that. But I do have to say, maybe this is controversial. Maybe a lot of people don't agree with this. I do think the Kardashians work really fucking hard. And I do think they are where they are because they work really fucking hard. Do they have a lot of privileges? Do they have a lot of things that have now been handed to them because of their fame? Of course. But there's a reason that they are so in our realm of everyday life and inescapable to the point where Joe Blow down the street probably knows Kylie has a lip kit. There's something to be said for that. And that stuff doesn't come by chance. Like, of course, there's always an element of luck to it. But I will say I think they do work really hard. And honestly, her saying what she thinks of people who say they're just famous for being famous, saying who gives a fuck, I feel like she has to take that stance. Because if you were bothered by what every person on the internet said about you, you wouldn't be able to function with your day if you're them. Because just of the sheer amount. Honestly, I have no followers. I, I'm not even a nano influencer. I have such few amount of followers, even among all of my social medias combined. And I can't tell you how often people say nasty things to me on my social media. I had someone just the other day, I had posted a TikTok um, on my Instagram, like I had repurposed it as an Instagram reel. And someone commented, get a life, um, shut up, your opinion doesn't matter, why do you care? Like, just rude shit, not even, like, against me and, like, a personal level, not even saying, like, something about, like, my looks or my voice, but I've got shit like that, too, like, don't worry, that, that stuff has happened also, but it was just kind of, like, really, like, and I just, I, I use that just as an example, like, if someone like me, who literally is an actual nobody, gets harassed on the internet like that, I think when you're on the level of the Kardashians, you literally have to take the stance of who gives a fuck or you cannot get through your days. <laughs> but I love how she's just like, respect and love, I'm not being a <laughs> Like, that's the thing about the Kardashians. Like, I'm sorry, the things they say, they're, they're so entertaining. Like, even if they are so out of touch, they're so entertaining. And from day one, I mean, literally from day one of the Kardashians, that family is entertainment gold. And they can be doing nothing, and they're still infinitely watchable. And I just don't see that going anywhere anytime soon. And even at the end of the Variety article, Kim's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it would be amazing if in 10 years I could just be like, yeah, I'm not Kim K anymore and kind of step away from it. And the interviewer's like, do you really see yourself taking a step back like that and not being on TV anymore? And Kim just sort of laughs, and she's like, no, because I think it's just so in her DNA at this point. So I actually posted a TikTok about finding it, you know, funny. And a lot of other, I posted this and I saw a lot of other commentators have brought up the same thing because I think it's so obvious because Kim went 
Instagram official with Pete Davidson right after um, this Friday article came out. And on the one hand, it could have just been always planned it was going to be this way because she does mention dating Pete in the Variety article. But I thought it was funny that she hard launches him on Instagram when she's getting a lot of vitriol against the comments that were made in this Variety article. And it just seems so textbook, like a PR move to distract from the bad PR she was getting. To just kind of be like, look, look how in love we are. Look how cute we are. Let's talk about this instead. Um, And honestly, on that TikTok, which doesn't even have a ton of views in the realm of TikTok, the amount of vitriolic comments I've got about the Kardashians on my TikTok is wild. It's all like, Pete, run. Like, those Kardashians are so gross. Like, get them off my TV. Everything they do is so calculated. On and on and on and on. And again, I'm just like blown away by, I don't think I've ever posted, it's even my ones about like Sam Levinson from Euphoria being a shitbag. Do not get that same sort of vitriolic response. And I don't know. It doesn't make me sad because, again, they don't give a fuck. But it it is interesting that I think it's so easy for people to hate on successful women. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, but I did want to mention one other thing. It says that uh, Ben Winston, his production company, Full Well 73, Joe, James Corden's a co-partner, is the people behind the Hulu series. And he says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It feels different, but yet ultimately builds on the great show that they did. And I just had to bring that up because I've talked about Ben Winston on here before because he did all of uh, the One Direction music videos. Now he like produces the Grammys, basically like every award show. His company is really blown up. So back when he was uh, producing stuff for One Direction, I wrote him or his company an email that I've read on this podcast before, like begging him to hire us, um, Elena and I, to work for his company. And it was, to this day, like probably the best email I've ever written. I wish I could remember what episode that's in. If anyone remembers which episode that's in, please let me know and I'll post it in the show notes. But I find it hilarious that he's moved from One Direction to now making the Kim Kardashian Hulu show. It's like very... I don't know if full circle is the right word, but it's something. <laughs> All right, we've made it to our legit shit of the day. And I know so often I talk about self-tan accessories on here, but self-tanning is really a big part of my life. And I just recently invested in a Loving Tan tan removing glove. Loving Tan is my favorite tan to use. That's definitely been a legit shit before. But I've never had a tan removing glove because I was like, oh, I have other ways to exfoliate this stuff, this this glove, it's $30, which I thought seemed absurd. And if someone has a dupe for it that's cheaper, let me know. It will take your skin off. Like, it hurts a little bit. But if you want a good exfoliation, there's one side that's pink that's a little bit softer. And then there's a black side that's way harsher. And it will get your crusty, dusty self-tan off. Get you all smooth and lubed up for your new coat of self-tan if you're into that like I am so I just want to turn y'all on because even if you don't self-tan if you're just looking for a good exfoliating mitt just to you know help with ingrown hairs etc etc I really recommend looking into this glove you can get it at Ulta as usual with my legit shits they're always linked in the show notes I hate to have to do this every episode guys but please if you haven't rated on Spotify yet please give it five stars it's so easy it takes one second um, even if you don't listen on Spotify, if you just listen for 30 seconds, you'll be able to give it a rating. 
And if you haven't yet, please uh, rate on Apple Podcasts if you listen over there. A written review is amazing. Those are my favorite ones to get. Please share my podcast with a friend. Tag me on Instagram. Tag Kinda Cute Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Bailey Evan. If you've enjoyed it, and I hope to see you next week. Bye.